Do you ever wonder how great leaders in the community make things happen? When they encounter new unexpected challenges like a pandemic, how do they continue to successfully make an impact? Welcome to That Sounds Terrific, the podcast that connects you with these amazing people. Get insights on what they do to meet their goals. Find out how you can help them in their mission and learn their methods so you can be more successful at what you do. Welcome to That Sounds Terrific with host Nick Koziel. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of That Sounds Terrific. Uh, joining me today is Stephen Shortino of iSmash. Thank you for being on the show, Stephen. Yeah, thanks for having me, Nick. I'm, uh, I'm excited to uh, talk about all things iSmash here. Yeah, it's going to be uh, a really cool episode, um, smashing episode. There's the pun, pun first pun of the, the episode. So um, can you tell me just a little bit about yourself and your business, um, just to kind of get us started, a little intro? Yeah, sure. So I am uh, 26 years old, born and raised here in Rochester. And I started this company called iSmash back in 2018. For those of you that don't know exactly what this is, iSmash is basically a room where you go and break things for fun or stress relief. You get baseball bats, crowbars, sledgehammers. You get to go in a enclosed room with a bunch of household breakables, glassware, electronics, and you just get to go to town on them. Um, like I said, you can do it for fun or work or for stress relief. Along with the smash rooms, we also offer axe throwing and paint splatter, black light paint splatter, where you get a canvas that you can paint inside of a room. You can also paint each other, make a huge mess if you'd like. So yeah, I mean, I started this back in 2018. We opened in uh, Henrietta, and it's been going exceptionally well. There's been a lot of things going on with the business since then. We've been expanding, franchising, a uh, bunch of exciting stuff that I'm sure we'll get into here. That's awesome. So Henrietta, New York, for those that aren't in New York, um, is is where he kind of started out. But um, where did this whole concept come up, uh, you know, idea come from? So it came to the U.S. in, I believe, 2008. And prior to that, it was Japan where was the original um, place that it started. I think somebody had actually set up like a small booth in the middle of a work complex. And he would literally just offer like people to throw 10 plates at a wall for like $5. And a bunch of people would come on their lunch breaks. and somebody somebody saw it that was in the u.s and was like man that that might be a good business idea for over, over here and then the uh the, the lady opened one here it started to get attention started to get successful more and more started to open i actually first saw this in new york city somebody had shown me a video on facebook and they were like oh look at this this place literally just you, you pay money to go break things and it, it's, and I was like, wow, like that's crazy. Like people are actually making money off that. So I saw the idea. I was like, you know, it got me thinking, did some research. I was like, it's like, wow, like there's actually like, you know, like 30 or 40 of these around, like maybe this, maybe, maybe people are making money with this. So that's kind of what prompted me to, to get in, want to get involved. 
Oh, well, that's so cool. And, 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 you know, so part of the show is kind of talking about like, you know, challenges and, and, you know, um, you know, unexpected things that have happened along the way, like when starting a business or starting something that, um, you know, is terrific. So like, what are some of your biggest challenges with trying to get this, this business going out in Rochester? Yeah, I, I think definitely just being young and not having any experience was definitely quite a hurdle. I really had no idea what I was doing in the beginning. I kind of figured it out along the way. In terms of the actual business, definitely trying to get supplies because you constantly need supply of glassware and electronics for customers to break. And to try and find that was probably one of the biggest challenges. We had, we had initially just tried going around to garage sales and even like dumpster diving on the side of the road to see what people were throwing out. A lot of people were throwing out electronics, TVs, whatever. And then we, we kind of quickly realized that that was not going to be viable. So yeah. I, I would certainly say, um, you know, finding a space where a landlord would, would allow this use and finding the <laughs> supply of smashables was exceptionally challenging. Yeah. So what was maybe an unexpected thing that like you, you know, went really, really well and you just weren't, you know, anticipating, Hey, this just, just happened. And anything there? Yeah. I think, um, the, the space that I did end up running, um, it was, you know, it actually ended up being like almost perfect for, for what I was trying to do really minimized opening costs and the, the build out worked super well inside of this space. I, I would also say the overall like public reception and the amount of people that I had gotten in there initially was was greater than I I thought. So that was obviously a, a very good thing to for business to be better than anticipated. Well, very cool. I mean, did you get like, did you have to renovate? Did you have to have people come in and smash some walls or anything like that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, they had actually just built, built some walls. We fortunately, we didn't have to smash anything down. Did you have to build anything up to protect those walls? <laughs> um, so we just lined the insides of the rooms with plywood. Uh, we, we put plywood on the ceilings as well. So it's the, the whole room is basically I mean, like, like a juggernaut, you know, concrete floors, three quarter inch plywoods on the walls. There's actually like a smash wall inside of the room that's okay. coated in, in like steel plates that people can throw stuff at. I, I know it's very popular for people to hurdle glass items there, beer bottles, whatever. So I, I imagine the other part of the challenge is, is cleanup. So like, how, how do you handle that? Like all this, the smashed items, what do you, do you like recycle things? How does that work? Yeah, we, we recycle basically everything that comes out of the smash rooms. I, that, that's probably one of the more common questions that I I get asked is, wow, this must be such a hassle to clean up. But really, once you have the systems and processes down efficiently, I mean, you can turn around the average room in a couple minutes for the next for the next group to be ready. I mean, it's really just a uh, combination of, of bins and brooms and shovels, and you can get the job done fairly easily. Well, very nice. Very nice. So, okay. So I'm a potential customer, right? So like, what do I expect getting there? Like, what do I need to do? Is there a reservation system? How does that, how does that part work? Yeah. So we strongly encourage people to book online. We do take walk-ins just based on our availability, but on the weekends, it's often tough because we're, we're pretty booked up. 
So you would, you'd book a session. If you booked online, you'd be able to choose your, your, your package. We have a bunch of different add-on options. You'd be able to select the number of people, all that stuff. And then you, you would arrive and we have a waiver that you have to fill out prior to going in for your session. After the waiver, we bring you into our little gear room, have you get suited up in whatever gear you're doing for that activity. And then it's, um, it's some quick, quick instruction with a video and some, some staff, some further staff guidance. And then you are pretty much free to go to, to do what you will within the boundaries of our, uh, of our rules. So, I mean, you know, it's, it's a very simple process with, with little friction. I mean, it's literally, you just, you schedule, you pay, you fill out a waiver, you have fun and you leave satisfied. Very cool. Very cool. I just got this mental image in my head when you're talking about the short video, like one of those training videos from like, uh, like a restaurant or something like that. (laughs) You come on and like, hi, I'm Steven Shortino and I smash things. So, (laughs) (laughs) and this is how you go about it. Um, but that's so cool. So you got protective equipment, you know, I would imagine like, you know, safety goggles or something like that, um, for certain things or how does that work? the, The protective equipment is safety goggles. Uh, it's, and then there's a face shield that goes on top of that that pretty much covers the entire front part of your face. And then there's a, a bodysuit, one of those like heavier coverall, like full uniform suits. And then the uh, the gloves. Sure. And then we we also require everyone to wear closed-toed shoes because yeah, that makes sense. That sandals inside of a smash room where there's a bunch of broken glass and plastic and metal doesn't doesn't sound very safe well some of my friends are out because slides is all they wear right so um (laughs) like are there age restrictions and things like that because i know you're signing a waiver so like what's your common like uh feelings on that i guess or policy yeah so we actually we do allow minors under 18 to to smash as young as eight years old they just they have to have that release signed by a parent or guardian and actually, we are, I mean, our, like, reach with the younger crowd has been fantastic. I mean, the kids just really enjoy coming here and just breaking a bunch of stuff. And, and parents equally so. I mean, they, they love bringing their kids somewhere that they can just make a gigantic mess that's not awesome. at their house. And um, so, and then the uh, the paint splatter is age three. Axe throwing is 13. The paint splatter, I know, has been very popular with the younger demographic as well cool yeah so i got a i got a a bunch of nine and ten year olds for our hockey team that are coming up for a tournament up there so maybe that's that's an activity we'll have to try to sign up for (laughs) (laughs) they like to smash things on the ice i'm sure in a room with uh coveralls and safety equipment and they'll go to town yeah right up their alley um can you uh talk to us a little bit about like you know group size things like that you know what you know do you get a lot of corporate kind of things? Like what is your typical client, I guess? Um, so th- the most common number of people we get to come to smash is, is two. Um, I- I'd probably say that's true for a lot of businesses. A lot of people just end up coming with a significant other or, or one friend or one kid, whatever it may be. Um, the-, the maximum amount of people we can have inside of a smash room at once is 15. We have, we have like a, a real big party size room where there's, well, there, there's enough space in there for 15 people to, to smash comfortably with, without it being dangerous. And, and we, we do get a, a lot of birthday parties. We offer birthday party packages that, um, that 
in, include activities for up to 15 people. And then, like you said, like the corporate event stuff has also been very popular. It seems to, I don't know what it is about it, but I think a lot of people that plan like the, the team outings really look for stress relief and, and team bonding as, as, as a big, big thing when they're looking for events. And that, that's something that I can confidently say that we offer is uh, stress relief and right. um, team bonding. I mean, who, who doesn't enjoy smashing stuff with their coworkers? Yeah, I'm thinking about a, another movie where that I that I saw where they they go to town with the the fax machine. I think it was they like completely smash that um, office office space, yeah. right? Yep. <laughs> yeah, I just see <laughs> slow motion camera technique and everything. Um, so, oh, that's a good question too. Do you ever have people like come in and like try to you know, like video everything that's going on? Is that allowed? Yeah, that people can take whatever kind of videos and photos they want with their phone. We we do have like HD cameras inside of the rooms that sure. record people's entire session. They can actually purchase their video afterwards to have for however long they want. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. What's uh um? Can you share maybe like a crazy story? Something happened unexpected. Um, you know you know, in the smash room or, or with a customer or anything like that? Um, I mean, honestly, I, I get this question asked a lot and <laughs> it's, there's really not as many crazy stories that, that then you, you might've think, I mean, it, things are fairly tame for the most part. I mean, we've, you know, we've had groups do some absolutely massive sessions where you can't even see the like a, a single speck of concrete in the room because it's all just lined with, with smashed up stuff. Um, I, I probably say one of the more notable things is we, we do have some like, you know, weekly smashers that have like their smash membership that come like every single week, like religiously. And, you know, they're always there smashing stuff. So I would say that's been, been fairly notable. But I mean, in terms of like crazy stories, I mean, there really hasn't been like a whole lot, to be honest. I mean, most people just come and smash stuff and and leave. I mean, when when people ask crazy stories, I feel like a lot of the time they're implying, have there been any injuries? And I mean, there there really hasn't. I mean, the amount of injuries that have required more than like a band aid, I could probably count on like one hand. Yeah. So. No, I I could imagine that like you're already you're going in there for an outlet, so you're you're getting that like expected kind of not rage, but like you know, you're getting that. That's what you're going there for. Um, you mentioned uh, your your rage is it rage card or smash card? What did I just come up? But yeah, what's what's the benefit of that? How does that work? Yeah, so that is the smash membership. So it's a one time fee of two hundred and fifty dollars, and you can come once a week and do a starter smash package which would regularly be $25. You also get half off all of the other packages and add-ons. So, I mean, if you come, you know, 10 times out of 52 weeks, I mean, you, you get your money's worth out of it. And that's not even factoring in if you purchase any add-ons. So we, we have quite a few members and some of them do utilize the services weekly, which is fantastic. That's so cool. <laughs> Here comes Jimmy. <laughs> what are we going to pick today? That's great. Um, 
I guess, you know, when I going back to that question, uh, you know, I, I was thinking maybe an unexpected thing was like you have this nice little, um, you know, old lady or an old man coming up and you're like, what is he doing here? <laughs> and then he comes in and really goes to town. And you're like, holy moly, did not know that guy had that in him. Um, but uh, I'm sure it's I'm sure there's no, uh, you know, nothing boring going on at, at, at your job each day. So do you absolutely yeah. love what you do? Yeah, I would say so. I'm 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 happy that I've chosen a business where people are generally happy when they come in. It's not something where people are upset all the time. Like I know that's a complaint a lot of like restaurant workers have is people being like nasty and in a bad mood. But I mean here it's just all about having fun. I mean, nothing serious. I mean, people are coming here looking to have a good time with with friends and people they like or they're coming here to relieve stress and, you know, just being in that kind of setting where people are just in a, in an upbeat mood has, has been, has been pretty great. And just like, you know, like you said, you know, it's something different all the time. It's not really uh work that gets all that redundant. So it's, it's definitely been an enjoyable experience for me. Very, very cool. So, <laughs> and then if not, you'd be like, oh, sounds like Steven needs to go to the smash room. <laughs> I, I have Employee used this, I, I have, I have used the services quite a few times myself. <laughs> I will admit. After getting a very frustrating, frustrating phone call from Nick, I'm going to go to the smash room. Um, <laughs> that's cool though. I mean, yeah. And, and you know, what's not to love, um, you know, being able to take out that energy. I mean, we've all been there, right? We've all, I had those moments where we just want to like have an outlet and it, it's terrific that you uh, provide that and that um, there's that opportunity to kind of come in and kind of just share that moment, like with a uh, significant other, like you're saying, right. Um, yeah. Some of the things that are going on in relationships, there's a lot of friction and stuff and you just, you, you tend to take it out on each other and to do something where you could actually expose of all that energy uh, together again um it, it, it's it's really cool and it sounds like you know rewarding for for you and your employees to kind of see yeah um, I, I think i think it's cool that there's kind of like two sides to it there's the side where people are coming to have fun and there's the side of people coming that actually want and need the the service for for stress relief i mean it's even gone as far as uh therapists and mental health professionals recommending and sending their clients to us and saying, you know, Hey, today you're going to go and, and break some stuff and let out, let out all that pent up anger that, that you got. Um, so that, that's, that's really been something that I've, I've liked to see is this actually helping people who are going through a, a tough time, whether it be like a loss of a loved one or like a relationship, a divorce, whatever it may be. Sure. No, it's a good service. And, you know, another th question that popped in my head was, um, can you bring your own stuff to Smash? Is that allowed? Yeah, you can. We do have a bring your own box package. We we really don't get people doing that all that often, though. People tend to just want to come here and break our stuff. It, <laughs> that, you know, it, I, I think it, it's it's a little bit too much of a hassle for them to sure. to want to, like, you know, clean out their basement or, what or whatever. You. They smash it yeah. there. <laughs> <laughs> or you know this is this is my boyfriend's car uh i'm really mad at him we're gonna just drive it right in and we're gonna smash it <laughs> <laughs> you, you mentioned you mentioned a car we actually do uh car smashes during oh, cool. the uh warm warm weather that uh 
that seems to have grown in popularity recently. So, so you you mentioned earlier about like one of the challenges was you know acquiring the stuff. How do you acquire things like you know cars and and whatnot to Smash if you don't mind giving away trade secrets? <laughs> yeah, sure. I mean that that's fine. I mean I'm sure that uh, some of these organizations wouldn't mind the publicity. So I know the you know one of the big ones is electronics. We were sourcing that just through like you know estate sales and whatever in the beginning. Sure. But we uh, we started working with an electronic recycler. So the, the way that it works is they will send us unsmashed stuff in bins and then people will smash the stuff and then they'll actually take the stuff back and recycle all of it and just swap it out for more for more new stuff. Yeah. So working with them has been fantastic. It's a, it's a company called Sun King. They're one of the biggest electronic yeah, recyclers on the Northeast coast. And I was fortunate enough to have them in my backyard in Rochester, New York. So that was... Uh, very, very cool. convenient. The uh, the glassware we uh, we work with thrift stores in the area, and that that is also a mutually beneficial arrangement because, unfortunately, they do have to dumpster a lot of the glassware. They just get so much of it; oh, yeah. they aren't they aren't even able to sell everything that they get in their stores. And then the um, w- w- another th- thing that we do that's pretty big are car windshields. We work with a couple windshield repair companies to to get the windshields after they're replaced and they're all cracked and damaged. Oh, and then, I mean, <laughs> I mean, the, the car, the cars, I mean, we're just, you know, working with, with a junkyard. I mean, cars that are already total slated for, I mean, getting crushed or whatever their fate may be. I mean, we just smash them up and give them right back. Is there ever any kind of bins or something like that? Like this thing is so cool. I don't want to, I don't want to let them smash it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we, we found quite a few of those items, uh, you know, just with all the thousands of pieces of electronics and glassware that come through. I mean, you're bound to find things that pique your interest. I mean, finding like old gaming consoles. I know that's like very nostalgic with me. And, sure. You know, finding like very like intricate and cool pieces of glassware and pottery that we would keep. And, you know, staff bring stuff home. We keep stuff to display in the store that we find. We very find. Nice visually pleasing so cool so you know you made me think of my childhood too because my my dad's a truck driver he hauls scrap metal so he recycles basically they recycle the metal and stuff but they would go to like uh, grumman and like you know some of these big companies that made airplanes and things like that too so they would be taking like sometimes whole cockpits right i mean usually stripped of most of their important technology and stuff like that but I mean, just thinking about some of those agencies that you were talking about where you get your stuff, it just, I remember my dad every now and then would, would bring home something really, really cool. Be like, you know, you know, this was in a, you know, a fighter jet and stuff like that. So he always wanted to bring one home to have in the backyard so the kids could play. <laughs> <laughs> so, but it just never got to that point and probably wasn't allowed. So, um, but yeah, I think that that's really cool, you know, to be able to to kind of access to some of these things. And like you said, there's some nostalgia with, you know, video game councils. And uh, I'm sure you get to see a lot of really cool um, things that people discard or need to be recycled. Yeah, I think one of the the biggest things is uh, just realizing the, the sheer volume of electronics that people get rid of on a daily basis. I mean, if you if you ever went to that Sun King warehouse, I mean, it is just filled with consumer electronics that people don't need anymore i mean it is just absolutely in even with the glassware you know it is insane 
how much of this stuff is just constantly, you know, getting disposed of and that people don't need anymore. I mean, that was yeah. probably one of the, the biggest things that I had realized after starting this business. Yeah, you probably become a little bit more of an environmentalist and sustainability it becomes more important when you see places like that or how much is discarded that could be kind of reused, recycled and things like that. So I'm glad that you have like this program that you're kind of working with some of these partners in, you know, first of all, like smashing old things and then kind of getting them maybe hopefully made into new things. Um, it, you know, it's good for the environment, too. So I smash good for the environment as well. So you got a lot of things going for you. Um, yeah, I, I think just finding an additional use for for anything that's deemed, you know, quote unquote worthless, is is always going to be a plus in any kind of any kind of business. And you know, providing that additional revenue to like a charitable organization like Goodwill or Salvation Army, true. I mean, that's you know something that we obviously have no problem with. Yeah, I mean, and coming from like you know, I I, I have friends that make things out of smashed things too like when you think about like the, the art that could come out of some of these things um yeah you know smash tile work rebuilt and stuff like that and you know that's do you have any do you have any local artists trying to take stuff <laughs> um we, we actually have had a couple inquiries about that now that you mention it i i do recall that a, a couple times people have wanted to to take smash stuff home um and some of them did mention art so I now I have I guess I have a better idea of what exactly they were doing. <laughs> yeah, I mean anybody can take like anything and kind of make it into art these days. So, uh, but there's some really great pieces. And um, when I was uh, working at RAT, there were um, people that made jewelry out of um, the you know electronic boards from these things. And I have like a nice <laughs> tie tack that's like this like just a, a microchip essentially. Um, but it's just, it's amazing what people can make out of that stuff. So yeah, another line of revenue for you. Sure. You can take it home for, blah, 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 blah. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of that, like in the future and stuff like that, what you, you mentioned earlier about like franchising stuff, like where do you, where do you see this business going? What, what are your hopes and dreams for the future for, for I smash? Yeah. So we, like I said, we started off with the original store in Rochester it started to gain a lot of traction. I was actually getting a lot of requests from other owners and people that wanted to start rage rooms. They wanted to, they wanted advice and um, counseling, whatever. Mm -hmm. And, you know, COVID happened in 2020. That was a big blow for us because we were doing like the most amount of sales we'd ever done. And yeah. then we all of a sudden had to close. And then I kind of, I kind of took that opportunity and said to myself, well, if there's this many people that want to know how to do this, I should write a course. So I wrote this big, long course on how to start a rage room. I released it online shortly after a lot of the COVID closings ended. We reopened up the Rochester store and um, we were actually very busy after COVID. Um, we were imagine. after COVID, like much busier than I, I had thought. And, um, you know, the, the business started to just do so well. I was like, man, if I if I had two of these, I'd be making a killing. So I started looking into opening in Syracuse in early 2021. And we, um, I did end up opening a second store there in, uh, in May of that year. So that was a uh, big accomplishment. And then it was around that time too, that I got approached, uh, approached by a couple investors who were looking to franchise this concept. They actually found me 
through my online course. Oh, so nice. we, we, we were in talks for a while and then eventually we, uh, we linked up, we partnered with them and we, we franchised this thing. And then earlier this year, we, uh, we sold our first franchise in, in Tampa, Florida. And, oh, uh, cool. we, we, we have another deal that we're probably going to close in the next couple of weeks. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's been very exciting to expand the f- footprint of this company and I'm, I can't wait to see what the future holds. That's so cool. I'm so excited for you and the future. Um, I mean, it's such a simple concept and I'm glad that you've been able to kind of capitalize on it and make, you know, make a life out of it for yourself. But that's, that's amazing. Um, so I was going to ask that question about like, how did COVID affect you? And you kind of already kind of answered that. Um, but was there anything else that, you know, you kind of were working on, um, maybe that brought in unexpected, uh, you know, results during, during COVID or post COVID? Yeah. I mean, COVID was definitely tough because I I just, you know, like the uncertainty of not knowing when you were able to reopen, Mm -hmm. you know, there wasn't really any, any like word exactly when these lockdowns were going to be lifted. I didn't know if it was going to be six months. I didn't know if it was going to be a year. I didn't know if the business was going to go under. I mean, I actually took a huge gamble. I, I took almost all the cash in the in the bank account at the time and invested it into redoing the store and making like a ton of upgrades sure. when we were when we were closed. This was after we already knew that we were going to be able to reopen. But yeah, I mean that was that was a pretty monumental risk, and um, I think just with some of the added like capacity restrictions that they had set and enhanced cleaning was was definitely tough and was you know a little bit to adapt to in the beginning but you know we ended up we ended up doing just fine okay well that's great i'm glad you took that risk and it it is rewarding sometimes you just got it right you got to try it and you know take that risk and i'm glad it's working out for you um so now that's part of that episode that i warned you about like that question is there anything that i haven't um mentioned or that you haven't mentioned or haven't asked that you'd like to share while you're thinking about that i have a couple other questions that I'd love to ask you. Um, so maybe I'll start out with uh, something, something easy. Like, what's your favorite movie? Yeah, yeah. I mean, in terms of what I mean, what you haven't asked me. I mean, yeah. I, I guess maybe just um, you know, what? Why do like you know? Why do you think that you were more successful than other owners? Because I mean, my sure. my, you know, the people that invested in starting the franchise company basically selected this rage room out of a pool of like you know a couple hundred mm-hmm. because they they saw you know they saw a difference and this one was standing out so um i don't know if you want me to just answer that myself since i kind yeah. of asked the question sure go ahead so i mean i um a, lo- a lot of the other owners around the country were a little bit older and they were kind of doing this part-time where i uh i jumped into this head head first and had it, you know, it was my full-time job since day one. And I basically spent every waking hour of every day just trying to optimize everything and, and figure out this business. And since it was it was so new, it's not like somebody had like a five-year head start on me. I was really able to emerge as a front runner in the space and, you know, was getting a lot of attention from others around the country. And I mean, it was really just a combination of you know, putting in a lot of time, trial and error, and 
just, you know, not giving up. There were, there were definitely some dark times in the first year or so financially where I thought the business wasn't going to make it. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I just, I stuck with it. And I, I, I think that that's probably one of the most important parts about starting and running a company is just, you know, sticking with it long enough to kind of get that, that big break. Yeah. No, I mean, what is that statistic that like 90% of businesses fail in the first couple of years or something like that? Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm glad you're definitely not one of them and that you're thriving. I think also like, you know, if I can just interject my opinion on, on what you were talking about, I think also being willing to like write a course for others to say, this is the business and how I did it and how you can do it, put you, a, put you apart from some of the others. Cause not a lot of people would do that. Right. Um, and maybe, yeah. you know, and, and you said that was part of the reason I think you got noticed too by this, these investors. So I think that, that, you know, kudos to you to be willing to do that. Um, cause honestly, you know, I strongly believe that, um, you know, part of the reason I do this show is I want to share what other people are doing and, 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 you know, hopefully people from the show will then try to do things on their own. Right. Maybe not I smash, but like they're, they'll be encouraged to kind of, take up and you know do something for the community or do something for themselves right so yeah i think people that are willing to share their great ideas um don't really risk much because um if they're determined to bound and determined to be success they will right um yeah I, 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 yeah go ahead sorry I, I i would definitely agree with that you know i think that you really made a great point about just um you never know where something is going to take you you know, if, if I didn't start and release that course, I might not have ever franchised and I'd be in a completely different scenario right now. So I, I think that that is just a, a fantastic point is to just just get out there and get involved and, and do great things. I mean, that's really I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, humans are put here to pass on pass on their knowledge and and, and further our understanding of things. Well, that's great. And, you know, I'm glad you're sharing here and I'm glad you shared before and that things are going really well. Um, but I will, I would love the listeners get to know you a little bit more on a personal level. So I would like to ask, you know, that a couple of those questions too. Like what was your, what's your favorite movie? Um, I'd have to say uh, the Rocky series has always been a, uh, a movie or a set of movies that have stuck with me. My, my father showed it to me when I was, when I was very young and um, you know, I, I kept interest into it into my older years, you know, into my twenties, just, just from the motivation standpoint, I think that it's, it's a great story. What, what Rocky had, I'm not sure if you've seen them. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely just, grew up with great, Rocky. Great story. It's related yeah. to smashing things too, which, uh, you know, it's, it's some irony in what you do now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. So, um, very cool. Uh, let me see. So what is, what do you think is the, um, let me ask this better here. Who who would be your role model? Um, I, I've definitely had you know I, I've switched a lot throughout the year throughout the years. Um, I I definitely follow quite a few like business visionaries. Um, I like a, a guy named Grant Cardone. I've I've read a, a lot of his uh, read and listened to a lot of his stuff. Um, there's a guy named David Goggins that I've mm-hmm. I've followed and and liked quite a bit. Um. You know, I've, I, I, I really do like following Elon Musk. You know, I've read his book. I read a lot of stuff about him, but 
I feel like that's a very cliche answer. So I didn't. <laughs> that's okay. I didn't really want necessarily necessarily want to answer that, but um, yeah. I mean, I've read a lot of different business books from a lot of different um people that have have inspired me. I think those are really like some of the biggest ones. Well, great, great. Um, and then maybe I'll just end it with um, you know, is there any kind of piece of advice that you would give other business people um? that maybe you live by or just something that's really helped you along the way? Um, I mean, I would say, you know, especially for younger people that are listening, you know, I started my biz, I started the journey of opening my business when I was 21. So I was very young. I mean, I would say, you know, just, just go for it. I mean, life is short and you might regret taking, not taking those risks when, when you're older. Um, I think that if you have an opportunity um, you know, just believe in yourself and, and jump into it. Um, you know, I, I, I think that the feeling of, of regret is, is going to be worse than the feeling of possibly failing and not getting the outcome that you wanted. Yeah, no, I think that's great advice, Stephen. I mean, and speaking kind of on from sort of the other side of that spectrum, as you get older, you have more responsibilities, you have more things that might get in the way. So trying those things when you're younger and not being afraid to fail, not being afraid to put all of your business's money into remodeling and renovation and and, and hoping that that's going to work out is just sometimes worth the risk, right? And I think you're a great uh, example of that. Um, so, yeah, I think I think a lot of younger people that I talk to that, you know, they say they want to get an entrepreneurship, but then they're always like, well, I don't have this and I don't know that. And it's like, you know, you can... Trust me, you can figure it out along the way. I mean, with enough effort and enough time put into something, I'm I'm a firm believer that you can really accomplish anything. Well, thank you so much, Stephen. I, I totally agree with you. And thanks for being on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me, Nick. Thank you for joining us in another episode of That Sounds Terrific. Don't forget to check out the show notes and our website at thatsoundsterrific.com to find the contact information and the best ways to volunteer with the organizations that we feature. If you know someone that is doing terrific things and think they should be featured in a future episode, be sure to email us their name, contact info, and short description of what they're doing at thatsoundsterrific at gmail.com. If you like our show, give us a five-star rating and give us some social media love by liking our Facebook page, That Sounds Terrific. Follow us on Twitter at Sounds Terrific 2 and Instagram at Sounds Terrific. We love hearing your feedback on how to make our show sound even more terrific. Till next time.